Globes, it's me and you tonight. Uh, Jimmy Wags is closing up at the shop, and Billy Bradley is in his last week of uh, girls softball. And then Virginia, they're going to get all their their high school sports in. But I'm going to tell you something. But they are they they cut the season in half, but still playing all the games. So Billy Bradley uh, normally wow. loves you sports, but he's ready for a damn break. I can <laughs> only imagine. As much as anybody uh, on the planet. And as we record this, it is Thursday night. It is after 9 o'clock. The Penguins are playing. Are they still up 3-1? It is 3-2. The Islanders just scored. Yikes. Okay. Well, um, sorry I asked. I won't ask <laughs> again uh, for the rest of the broadcast. But i got to be honest with you, bud. We went to Dover. I'm not a big fan of Dover. Never have been. Just because um, as of late, it seems like that that track is – that's that's a that's a tough track for this package, you know the the the, the short tracks this package seems to do pretty good. The mile no, that, is, not to interrupt you, Dan, but that track is tough for any package. Well, that, but that's I true. See, but I see what you're saying. I mean, that's just a tough ass racetrack, you know. It's a tough ass racetrack. And back in the day when um, Ralph Fenway had Carl Edwards and Greg Biffle and Matt Kenseth, those guys seemed to have it all figured out. And and it seems to me like. The racing was a little bit – this was before the car tomorrow. But the racing right. since the car tomorrow has has not been stellar. But, but i got to be honest with you. What we saw at Dover on this past Sunday was nothing short of, of, of interesting, to say the very yeah. least. To see Hendrick Motorsports go one through four. Um, yeah, that's it's, big. It's, it's huge. And I know they took yeah. a big photo over there today. It's first time in history that they've done it. But – I think what's also telling is Martin Truex Jr., who uh, loves this track. Um, it's, it's in the same kind of area where he's from. Um, did not do well, and it seems. And, and the Toyotas didn't do very well. Um, our, our old buddy Kevin Harvick still, you know, he sucks this year. Still running still seven every damn week. Yeah, um, <laughs> and when you say, yeah, he's what maybe fourth in points or something like yeah. that, top five in points. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and, he's, and he's terrible. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys out there that would love that terrible year. Begging to be as terrible as Kevin Harvick is right now. Yeah. I think it speaks volumes for the Toyotas not having a good handle on uh, on these tracks. And they've got some wins over there. But, Rob, I, I know we mentioned in a in a text last week, but, it seems like ever since Martin Truex Jr. won his last race and burned up his his rear uh, wheel housing there, uh, mm-hmm. those guys haven't had a whole ton of speed. And I know in the past, NASCAR has said some things and done some things and that sort of thing that didn't necessarily wasn't finable. Uh, like we, we found out, you know, Kevin Harvick had 40, uh, 40 pounds of downforce last year, and it, they didn't violate any rules. They found something over there that didn't violate the rules, and NASCAR said, okay, we can't do that shit now. Um, yeah. But maybe that's what's happened over there. But the final restarts, Rob, i got, I got to get your opinion on this. Um, you know, it was whoever had that clean air was out front and was in good good shape. But yeah. come down with about 40 laps to go, there's a caution. Everybody from eighth on back, um, excuse me, I guess like sixth on back, I think, um, from like 6th to 17th came in and, and took tires. A couple yeah. more cautions. Um, but the guy, the, the 
the guys up front stayed up front, and I was a little surprised by – I guess that tells you just how much clean air meant over there. Is that, I mean, I would have thought we would have seen some uh, – with the pressure tires, it might have helped them, but it didn't seem to. Can you help me out with that, Rob? Yeah, I, you know, it, it, it was funny. When, I, uh, when that happened, I'm watching what's happening there, and I said, well, the leaders didn't pit, but, like, everybody from fifth or sixth on back did. I'm like, all right, we'll see how this works out. And they didn't really, I mean, not much happened, you know. It wasn't like they got run over up front or anything like that. And it was like, okay, okay. Well, then another caution came out, and I think the rest of, and, and it wasn't the guys up front again, a few more of the guys on the lead lap pitted and put tires on. And it's not like, you know, they made a bunch of hay. And it, even the, even with the two cycles difference on tires from the leaders, you would have thought that that would have made a big deal. So, and it didn't, because yeah. uh, you know once the once the pit stop happened where you know the forty eight got out front and you know the five was up there and all that, they stayed there. And I, I I think you're right. I think the the clean air was a big deal for everybody. I'm really surprised the tires didn't didn't uh, come come through a little better. Yeah. Um, and it, and that could be a product. It, like you mentioned earlier, Dan, it, it, it could be a product of of the the downforce package that we're running there. It's not hurting the tires quite as much, or you you know it, it it's the clean air is bigger than the older tires. Um, it could be a lot of things, uh, but that track, I mean, that racetrack is a tough. It's a tough racetrack. You, you know, you can't you can't make light of any of it. And to talk about real quick on as far as Hendrick Motorsports goes. To win one of those races is a big deal. It's not an easy thing. But to go one through four for your organization, that's, that's huge. That's enormous. I mean, I mean, that's nothing short of remarkable. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that, and that says a lot for what's going on over there. Yeah, and, you know, when they got the new nose a couple of years ago, 17, I think it was, we all thought, oh, hell, here we go. And, and it didn't work. They got the the new nose last year. Uh, look what happened, uh, Chase Elliott, your champion. And this year, um, they're doing pretty damn good over there. It's funny that Chase Elliott's the only one without a victory. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have called that, um, to be honest with you. But I, you know, the, the, your point about that track being tough and 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 clean air being big. Let's let's not forget a point you just brought up being one through four. Uh, that helps having your teammates there because, be honest with you, if if Alex Bowman didn't have the five behind him, Alex Bowman doesn't win that race because the five gave him tons of room on the next to last restart and could have could have taken him out of the contention and moved him back. Uh, but he was a team player. He he gave him plenty of room. He didn't yeah. run him out of the way, and and they all kind of banded together to keep Kevin Harvick uh, from getting up there. And I think you know having three team or you know if you're in the lead and having three teammates behind you. That that helps kind of pull you guys away. And I think it was just a perfect storm for yeah. for Team Hendrick and how it all lined up there. It just because it, it doesn't make any rhyme or reason for any of the things we saw happen, uh, other than the fact that it was just a, a special set of circumstances. And for that reason and that reason alone, uh, I didn't think the, the the body of the race was fantastic. But it's kind of like a six three football game. Um, you got to play the first three quarters before you can get down to the end. And the end yeah. was exciting. And the end showed that. Um, you know, the stronger teams were up there, and, and it just was a – it's not often you get to see that. I don't know 
Rob, I can't remember off the top of my head if I've ever watched a race where an entire organization has come one through four before. I don't, I mean, have you heard of that before? Actually, you know, I saw something on social media. As a matter of fact, I think that Hendrick is the first team since Roush Racing did it, and I can't even remember the year. But I guess Roush Racing did it before, and like I, I said, I just, I mean, it was a post I saw on uh, Twitter, I think, and it, it, I just glanced at it. I didn't really think well, much of it, but apparently, it, apparently it's been done before, but who knows? Yeah, it's been a long time, and, and yeah. I don't recall ever seeing it happen. It's a special thing. Good for Hendrick Motorsports. Um, and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a great finish and I think we were rewarded for watching that race. Uh, sometimes a six, three ball game can suck. Uh, this time this six, three ball game was, was a hell of a, a hell of a game. And I think we all left, I think we all left, um, uh, pretty happy that we watched it. And I think we got some signs. Uh, we'll, We'll talk about, uh, circle of the Americas here soon, but we got some things we need to look at moving forward, specifically in my opinion, how, uh, these these Toyotas are going to end up doing. I mean, I Bubba Wallace just they were stuck in 18th position all day long. They they gambled, you know, stayed out, and they still fell backwards. Trackhouse Racing continues to impress me. Um, they did the same strategy as as Bubba Wallace. They had a, a better finish um, than the 23, but I, there's some things we need to watch moving forward. And, um, and and I think Dover is going to – Dover opened my mind and I think a lot of other fans' minds on uh, the kind of programs that, that these uh, these teams are, are running. Let's switch gears. Rob Lopes uh, – I asked Rob earlier if he had any news or if he could expound on any of the Brad Keselowski to Roush Fenway Racing um, uh, story that um, Bob Pockers and Jim Utter and a few others um, have talked about. But – uh, he has no news, and there's nothing being said over there at Rouse Fenway Racing uh, whatsoever. So, uh, in that respect, we'll bring we'll bring Rob back here at the end of this thing talk about Circuit of the Americas. But I've got a lot of a lot of thoughts on that. Number one, it makes complete and perfect sense for me for uh, an organization that has had somebody. I mean, Jack Roush is is one of the the premier leaders, uh, owners that has ever been uh, in NASCAR. Uh, the man is a, uh, a genius, uh, not only on uh, engineering and those sorts of things, but running a company and negotiating and, you know, how to keep, I mean, you know, to keep those guys on Mich- in Michigan <laughs> happy with what you're doing and to keep, you know, uh, being a part of the organization, and I'm talking about Ford, uh, that, that's not an easy thing. Um, that's not an easy thing at all. Jack Roush is extremely successful. Uh, I mean, Christ Almighty, he he walked away from a plane crash. I mean, the guy is. If you if you made a movie about anybody, any owner in that garage, Jack Roush would be. I mean, he's got to be at the top of the list uh, for what he's accomplished and what he's done. And he's he's one of the greatest that's that's ever been in the sport. Sorry, I'm taking a puff on my cigar here, but. The fact of the matter is, as Jack Roush ages, um, there's nobody there in the wings that have been in the in, in, over there for a long time to kind of take over his place. And quite frankly, you just can't replace a Jack Roush. That's just not a that's not a possibility. Um, Rick Hendrick um, was kind of grooming Ricky Hendrick maybe to do that sort of thing when he was younger. 
Um, and obviously we all know why that didn't work out, but it's going to be extremely hard to replace Rick Hendrick. And there's been talks about, you know, maybe Jeff Gordon coming over and, and helping out there and having a, maybe a bigger role in the organization, you know, years down the road. But these guys are all getting up there in age, and it's not that they can't do it. They certainly can, but they've got other things that they need to take care of in their life. They've got um, just, you know, running a a NASCAR team full-time is not something that Jack Roush um, is is probably able to do at at his age and where he's at. That doesn't mean he's not a valuable um, piece of, of RFR. It doesn't mean he's not a valuable piece to NASCAR. And, and motorsports in in general, but the fact of the matter is that organization, in my opinion, needs some help and has needed some help. Excuse me, um, from an organizational level. I'm uh, many people know who follow me over the years. I am huge on organizational charts, processes, procedures, how things work, how information gets passed from from one to the other. I build athletic fields uh, for a living. I can tell you. Uh, immediately, anytime I meet a coach or a coaching staff, um, if, if I can tell you if they have a good program or not, just by how they communicate with me. Um, and these organizations, all these organizations, uh, especially in racing, you don't see people hop from one organization to another organization to another organization and be successful. Uh, Doug Ducart was very successful over at uh, uh, Hendrick Motorsports for years. He goes to Ganassi. I wouldn't say those guys have necessarily turned up the notch from where they were before, but it's just very hard in this highly competitive, somewhat secretive industry to just move from one place to another and and just cookie cutter your process and procedures and make it work. Everybody's shop is different. Everybody's layout is different. Um, Every football field is the exact same, but not every – field house is the same so these things and and the thing about nascar that changes where it doesn't necessarily as fast in other sports is the technology in nascar changes by the second um what we did last week will not work uh in september it, it just won't right. you got to constantly be working on things to make these things happen and fact of the matter is when you look at brad keselowski not only is he an entrepreneur uh, Brad Keselowski has always thought outside the box. It doesn't matter whether we were talking. Uh, several years ago, he came up on just a random interview with Bob Fockers on how he would do the all-star race. And three years later, NASCAR did it the exact way Brad Keselowski said we he, we should do it. I'm not a fan of Brad Keselowski, but what I am a fan of is ingenuity, innovation. I'm a fan of people who think outside the box and aren't afraid to do something that's never been done before because they're not afraid to fail forward. Brad Kozolowski is that guy. He's got a, an amazing uh, company that he's, he's built from the ground up that uh, started in 3D uh, printing, manufacturing. There's got to be some sort of synergy um, between Brad Kozolowski's manufacturing um, uh, knowledge and prowess and, and how it works with the, with the race shop. Brad Keselowski is also a, a champion. He's got 30-some, I think it's 35 wins under his belt. Um, he's, he's, he's never – I mean, he was the first guy to take a picture from a race car. They had to outlaw, <laughs> had to outlaw yeah. phones in a car. I mean, the guy is always he, – he's, he's, what this country lacks in, in a lot of ways is innovation. We used to be the most innovative country in America – or in the world – 
Oh, Rob, this, this cigar is great, by the way. Um, but uh, it used to be the most innovative country in the world, and we've kind of lost a little bit of that because competition, if you don't stay on top of the, your, your competition, you can get lulled to sleep. And I think a little bit of that has probably happened over at Roush over the years. They've had um, some, some heavy turnover. Jack Roush is getting a little bit older. Um, and it's time to think outside the box. Stuart ha- or ha- Haas Racing <laughs> did something uh, several years ago. They brought in Tony Stewart, and it completely um, – and, and, and by the way, they were a Chevy outfit. And then they took uh, Rex Stump and a bunch of people from Hendrick Motorsports and other places, and then they switched manufacturers to Chevy. And uh, all, all Stuart Haas Racing has done is win a couple championships and dozens of races, and they've never looked back. It takes – somebody with the kind of courage and and sometimes the inexperience <laughs> and ignorance uh, to come in there and, and decide not to be afraid to do something and, and not only move forward, but, but bring everybody up to a different level by looking at things in a different manner. And I think Brad Keselowski not only could do it, I think it would be exciting to watch from a fan standpoint because I think he's the kind of guy that, would, that could and would change the sport um i think he's he already has changed the sport but i think you could change the sport even more as an owner to come into a place like roush fenway racing that has a storied history um a, a not so fantastic recent past but the the fish bones network to be something great again and to be a leader in this sport this sport is as, as cyclical probably more cyclical than any sport in the united states it always comes back around um, because you got engineers that, that do nothing but think. You got people who who practice, do nothing but sit in the simulators. I think if in fact Brad Keselowski does go to Roush Fenway Racing, I would say that they are one of the top teams in three years. And I think that they uh what Brad Keselowski can bring to the table based on the the foothold that's already there would would be as enlightening and great a feat as what you know Tony Stewart did when he came over to Stewart Haas Racing, and give that organization um, a kick in the pants, a shot in the arm, and I think it would just as soon as he walks in the door, change is always a good thing. There is no such thing as bad change. There's there, the only thing that exists is change. Change is going to happen. Change needs to happen in everybody's life. And I think this is a perfect opportunity. I think it's a perfect time. And I think it would be a great way to um, start a new chapter in the sport of NASCAR, specifically Ford and, and Roush Fenway Racing. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a Michigan guy. Um, he, he knows those guys uh, in, in Detroit. I think it was, it's, a, it's just a brilliant thing. I never even thought about it before, but as soon as uh, Jimmy Wags uh, texted me that he thought that there was some talk that this might happen, I immediately said, fuck, that's a great idea. I don't, I don't, there's no downsides to me on this. Brad Keselowski is extremely smart. He's, he's not your average bear, and he's thinking he, he plays chess when everybody else is playing checkers. He's already thinking 10 years down the road. Um, and it's smart for smart for him, and I think it's smart for for Roush Fenway Racing. Um, and, and quite frankly, these are the kind of moves that Jack Roush we're used to hearing Jack Roush and Roush Fenway Racing make. They haven't made a whole a whole bunch of rule uh, changes. I mean, you think about it. I bring in Matt Kenseth to show that um, where the organization is. They bring in um, 
uh, 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 Ryan Newman to show that, hey, we can compete. <laughs> We're not a 25th, 26th place team. We're a top 20 team, and we can be better. And, and, and now it's time for a big jolt. I, I hope this is true. I don't know if it is or not. Uh, nobody uh, – mm, damn, that's good. Nobody but <laughs> Bob Bacharis, um is, is – and Bob Bacharis thinks it's a great idea. I, I just – there's no downside to this if it happens. I do worry about Ralph Fenway Racing and what they're going to do uh, soon because they have a bunch of bunch of things to do. Ryan Newman's not going to race forever. I still think Ryan Newman has a couple good years left in him for sure. But there's a part there's a point of diminishing return where Ryan Newman's just not going to he, he's just not going to get it for an organization. He's in a different stage of his life as well. Um, so I don't know how much longer Ryan Newman's going to be there. I'm not saying he needs to go. I'm saying there's 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 a time. In, in place in every driver's career where it's time to hang it up. Uh, we saw it with Dale Jr., with Jeff Gordon, with Tony Stewart. We've seen it with all the great drivers that have come up through the 90s. The 90s were a long damn time ago. Um, the 2000s is when, early 2000s is when the Rocket Man first came up. I mean, he's working on 20 years in NASCAR as a driver. Um, this, these, are, these are things that are uncommon uh, for, for, for everybody, including the great drivers. So at some point, Something has to happen. There's got to be some change coming. I think if Roush Fenway Racing is seriously considering this, it would be a win for Brad Keselowski. It would be a win for Jack Roush. And more importantly, I think it would be a win for um, for NASCAR to get something like this going. The buzz already this week about what potentially could happen is, is mind-boggling. It just shows you how important um, the Roush Fenway organization is. And, and what everybody thinks um, of Brad Keselowski in his mind. And I promise you, if it does happen, it will be a shit show to begin with. <laughs> there, none of these things happen and they don't go smooth. It'll be an absolute shit show as everybody tries to get on the same page. Once that happens, once you go through that bullshit, um, it wouldn't surprise me at all, especially with the new manufacturing process of the cars and that sort of thing. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that organization doesn't become a top um, a top three team again uh, in the NASCAR garage. Let's uh, let's uh, take a real quick break, and um, I'm going to get this uh, stogie going up real good, and we'll come back and we will talk about uh, Circuit of the Americas. Hey, guys, Jimmy Wags here, and I want to talk to you about a great new partner we have on Off the Rails. Now, you guys know, obviously, I'm a huge NASCAR fan, and on social media, I always tweet out all the new pictures of all the great new diecasts that I've collected over the course of the years. I love to collect NASCAR diecasts, so when we decided to partner with CircleBDiecast.com, I was too excited. CircleBDiecast.com has all your NASCAR diecast needs with tons of drivers to choose from. You can get standard finishes to pre-ordering race win diecast of your favorite drivers. CircleBDiecast.com also sells NASCAR drivers hats, t-shirts, and so much more. So when you place an order with CircleBDiecast.com, use the code SLOPPYYELLOW and you get free shipping on all orders over $20. Once again, that's code SLOPPYYELLOW S-L-O-P-P-Y-Y-E L-L-O-W. And get free shipping on your order of $20 or more. Also, what was great about CircleBDiecast.com is that they're a military-owned and operated company. So 
So make sure you check them out and all the cool diecast and NASCAR products that they have to offer. That's circlebdiecast.com. All right, Rob, a race that I'm very excited for. Um, you know, I people used to used to laugh at me 15 years ago when I told them I, I one of the best. I mean, the, the mile and a half weren't cutting it. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway was one of the. I personally think is the best party in the infield um, of any track I've ever been to, including Talladega. But uh, the race uh, mile and a half races weren't all that fun. And I told people, I was like, man, uh, for me, the, the best races are um, uh, road course races. And everybody's like, why the hell? I said, how many times you watch the Dukes of Hazard and they drive around the town square in Hazard, Georgia? And uh, just drive around four left, just take, keep taking left turns around the, the courthouse square. So that's not how it's, this sport got its roots: souping up engines, driving moonshine up and down these dirt roads and hollers and through creeks and up mountains and all this kind of bullshit. And and that's the roots of NASCAR. And we're going to a track, a road course track that has elevation change, Rob. It has elevation change. And that first turn that you come up, you come up a hill on the, on turn one, I think there's going to be some interesting passing moves uh, taking place there, especially when we get a late caution, um, a late race caution. But brand new place, Rob, where there's rain, uh, potential rain there. So I know you guys got three or four sets of rain tires. The aggregate on that course, from what I understand, is um, is very abrasive. Uh, I think tire wear, and of course, my, my two favorite things, uh, tire wear and elevation change in in, in a road course, they're going to come into play big time. Brand new track, Rob Lopes. I would imagine that you guys are going to have your hands full come Sunday. Any predictions, thoughts, or comments you have here going into Sunday? Uh, you know, it's really hard to make any kind of predictions on this because we've never been there. Um, we're going to get a little bit of track time, uh, get a little bit of track time Saturday, and then get the car ready, qualify on Sunday, impound, do your adjustments, and go racing. It's almost like uh, it's almost like an Xfinity schedule. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the practice on Saturday isn't that long. I mean, it's a 50-minute practice. And I think the lap times around there, what, what does it take, like three minutes or something? I, I don't even know, to be honest well, with you. It's 3.21 miles. It's, it's going to take a while to get through there for sure. Yeah. And uh, so it's going to be, you, you'll, I mean, you're going to get a few runs in on practice, uh, on Saturday, maybe, I don't know, conservative estimate, maybe three runs. And it's going to be time to uh, get ready for qualifying and everything. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens when we get there. I mean, weather could play a part. Uh, the forecast is showing that rain will be in the area. It might not come till after practice is over. Um, it might. We might see some on Sunday, which would you know be interesting as well. You know, to bolt those rain tires on. So, uh, I, I mean, like I said, getting back to your original question, I don't know how much. I don't know what kind of prediction I can give you. I think it's going to be an interesting race. I don't think. I think you're going to see the guys who are comfortable. The only prediction I can give you is this. I think you're going to see the guys that are comfortable in a road course car, uh, comfortable road racing, are going to be the ones that that will excel. And I think it's going to be a matter of not beating yourself, you know, not, not making mistakes, you know, those unforced errors. You, you, it, it's going to come down to that, I think, because, it, it, you know, I mean, it's a new animal for everybody. So, you know, you're, it's not like, oh, well, you know, you go to Sonoma and this is the way you race it. You go to Watkins Glen and this is the way you race it. You go to, 
you, you know, you run a roval and you race it like this, you, you know, this is a new, it's a new animal for us, so it's going to be interesting. The one thing that this track has that we don't have anywhere else is there is a lot of runoff room on this track, Rob. Um, a lot of runoff room. Of course, this track was built for F1. Um, mm-hmm. I was supposed to go see the Imagine Dragons after an F1 race there last year, and I'm uh, really pissed because I couldn't care less about F1. But I wanted to see those damn cars going by me um, at that thing. My neighbor, Jerome, um, uh, rest in peace, brother, uh, he had um, season tickets down there, and he, he just to hear him talk about those cars coming up the hill and turning, I mean, it just, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it. He was so excited. But the runoff room at this place, it ain't like you're going to get stuck in the gravel. It ain't like you're going to get, you know, hit a bunch of um, tires or barrels or that sort of thing. Lots of runoff room here. So it's going to be interesting to see how aggressive everybody gets. And I think I think the biggest point that I hadn't considered is is not screwing yourself and, and getting comfortable and racing within your means I think you can get yourself in a lot of trouble here on a brand-new race course at NASCAR, maybe three runs of practice. Um, of course, everybody will be watching uh, on Saturday and that sort of thing. Everybody's got simulator time. But if you can if you can handle yourself and manage yourself and not put yourself in trouble here, I think you I think that's the key, Rob. I think that's a that's a an astute point. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see. I, I expect all the, the guys that run well on road courses to run well um, at this road course. But the, the one factor, and, and, and you basically said it, the one factor we don't have any any clue on is nobody's run this before. So there could be a lot of instances where great drivers get in trouble because somebody else didn't know what the hell they were doing, didn't know where their breaking point was or, or whatever right. the case may be. and. And I think that's going to be really key uh, to what we have going on. And I personally am super excited for this race. I, we, all of us were supposed to go to this race. And, of course, well, nobody knew what was happening with COVID and all this. But this is one that we had circled on, on our list was to go uh, to Circuit of Americas. And I, I, it's, I'll be honest with you, I like the no practice and the no qualifying and going to a racetrack and doing it. I am super yeah. damn excited to see what's going to happen with this Xfinity-type schedule this weekend, Rob. I think it's, yeah. it's going to be new in the garage. I think there's going to be, you know, I, I can't imagine everybody in the garage going, man, this is like old-school racing. <laughs> I mean, we're going to practice, and we've got to impound, and I think it's going to be super exciting. And, and I guess, you know, you guys going to a brand-new track, when you guys go to a brand-new track, like, you guys – talk about you know some of the things that could happen or these sorts of things. how do you guys prepare for an unknown like this well i mean obviously you know you you touched upon it there's you know simulator stuff there's uh you know they, they can get you know track maps and simulator maps and everything and, and adapt the uh you know work on some setups via the simulator to kind of get you headed in the right direction um and and i think that's you know that's what uh excuse me that, that's what you're going to see coming into Saturday, and obviously, you know, when you go to a new track and, and the schedule's been out, you know, these new tracks we're going to that we haven't run, uh, you know, in the Cup Series, uh, we're going to get a practice. We're going to do some qualifying. It, it would be really difficult to put on a good show at, at, at these places that we haven't raced before without any actual track time. Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of meeting in the middle on this stuff. You know, we're not 
with our full-blown normal schedule, you know, with like three practices and qualifying and all that sort of stuff. So we're kind of meeting in the middle on that just to get some track time. Uh, you know, you're you're going to work out the bugs of, of from your simulation and from the simulator time, uh, see what correlates, what doesn't, and then you're going to go racing. Um, and, and and I think it's going to be I think it'll be a neat show. Uh, it, it's a lot. It, it's an it's a lot different road course than we're used to running. Obviously, it, you know, Cups never been there. Uh, it, it was built. It, it was built more for for F1, so you know there, there, there's going to be some there's going to be some differences there that we're not used to seeing. And again, I don't know much about that circuit, so but I'm gonna you know I'm gonna learn all I can as fast as I can and uh, and do what I know as far as road course racing goes uh, from my perspective. And we'll just you know we'll attack it as 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 best we can. And I think that's the only thing you can do. And I think. I would like to think that, you know, probably everybody's in a similar boat. Yep. Obviously, you know, some of the other teams might be a little more prepared. Maybe their simulation's a little bit better. Uh, you know, they might have a guy that, is, you know, a little more astute. Like, obviously, I mean, you can look at Hendrick Motorsports and say, well, you know, hey, Chase Elliott, you know, dominated the road courses and stuff like that. And you can think, okay, there's your favorite, but, you know, he, he may not. You know, you might see somebody entirely different. You could see some of the usual suspects. So, it, you know, it, it, it's going to be a different deal, and I, it, it's a matter of who shows up, who makes the best of their those 50 minutes as far as their adjustments, and and go from there. And even even your qualifying run is going to help you get yourself set up for the race. Yeah. So, so Rob, you, you've got uh, all that going on. A uh, couple things. I, your, your your volume went in and out a little bit, so I don't know if you can. I'm sorry. Just, yeah, that's okay. Um, but do you guys still run like the lighter oils and and that sort of thing on a qualifying setup here? Uh, not so much. Uh, I, I mean, that was a big thing. Lighter oils and everything was was bigger for for your super speedways, um, and and even some of the even some of the like you know two mile mile and a half stuff like that. But that that's kind of going by the wayside, yeah. just for the simple fact is you know of timing and and impound races. You know you, you like like we used to run that zero weight stuff at at super speedways for qualifying, but that was when you weren't impounding cars. Yeah. So you know that that stuff can handle one or two laps. It can't handle 500 miles. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of different things we used to do. You know, we heck, even at like places like Charlotte and Vegas. You know, in the mile and a half and two miles of Michigan, you used to run different brake. You know, different brakes for qualifying. You you run smaller rotors and and smaller calipers and lighter weight stuff because you didn't need the brakes. Yeah. So, yeah, for the road course, I mean, it it, it doesn't change a lot because it, it's not like running a lap at an oval. Yeah. Because every lap is different. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, just just the dynamic of it. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, and the one thing that that comes to my mind when we're talking about you know who's going to do well, who who may struggle, I I gotta guess that the older drivers are going to do better than maybe some of these these younger guys out here. They're a little bit more experienced. Um, I mean, I hell, even a guy like Ryan Newman who's got a uh, I mean, Dammy's got an engineering background. He's the kind of guy that has the technical analysis that can figure something out. Um, 
pretty quickly as maybe, and, and although Chase Elliott's won a bunch of races and these sorts of things, you know, I, I just think that you're going to see the older guys do a lot better than maybe some of these younger guys at a brand-new racetrack that, that is going to have to be extremely, <laughs> extremely technical. You're going to have to learn quick. And I think the older dogs, uh, believe it or not, uh, are going to be able to look back on their uh, experience and maybe have a, have a better a better shot and a better opportunity at this. Uh, before we go into our our picks and that sort of thing, Rob, are you going to get the are, are you flying in like like Saturday? And I, mean, I guess you guys don't get. I mean, you're going to Texas, number one. Uh, Governor Abbott um, announced Sunday that for the first time since they started tracking COVID in March of 2020, there was zero deaths in the state of Texas due to COVID. We have been maskless since April, uh, 1st of April. Um, ain't nobody going to wear a damn mask at that damn state. Probably right. be different from what you're, you've been used to. We're wide open for business, brother. But are you going to get the chance to go check out any barbecue or anything? Or are you on a tight schedule per usual? Um, well, we're getting in, obviously, uh, I mean, I believe the schedule for Saturday, I think we go in at six in the morning oh, or like, nice. I, I think it's scheduled six to four, but we're flying in. I, I, that's not one of those ones where you're going to fly in day of, obviously, yeah. when you start that early in the morning. Um, but we're not flying in, you know, in the morning or middle of the day, Friday, we're coming in later in the evening. You know, it'll be one of those things you get off the plane, maybe grab some, some dinner and get your butt to the hotel and get to bed because, you know, it's going to be a busy day come come Saturday. So, you know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, nights out on the town, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure be able to take in a couple good meals while we're there, you know. Well, uh, my favorite barbecue place on the planet, and I'd like to think I know a little something about barbecue, but it's in Lockhart, Texas which is unfortunately about a 45-minute drive from Circuit of America. Eh, probably about a 25-minute drive from Circuit of America. But Lockhart, Texas has three of the best barbecue places on the map and my favorite. Um, it's got Schmitty's, who uh, makes some of the best sausages I've ever had in my entire life. They have, a, a, I think, 22 different types of, of sausages that they have there. Uh, Black's which makes a fantastic brisket. They're known for the brisket. But Kreitz Barbecue, run by Roy Perez, which I have a picture of me and Roy Perez um, slicing up a brisket in his pit. Um, uh, uh, Kreitz Barbecue is my favorite barbecue bar none on the planet. I've, I would certainly eat Franklin's. Everybody knows Franklin's in, in Austin but I damn sure won't wait four hours in line to get a damn piece of brisket. Um, and for my money and my taste buds, Christ Market right down the street, uh, 25 minutes, is fantastic. You're going to the heart of brisket country, bud. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's a, it'd be a shame if you wouldn't be able – I mean, even the shittiest place down there, it's like going to North Carolina. You, you can find a pork butt anywhere in North Carolina. It's going to be pretty damn decent. Um, yeah. Well, you're going to the area of the country where their brisket is king, and there's good ones, good ones all over the place, man. Um, so I hope you get to get a, a find a decent place to eat um, Friday night for sure. Are you guys flying into Austin? Uh, I believe we are. Yes. Yeah, okay. Good. Um, all right. Well, you got an early uh, an early morning on Saturday. You're gonna be busier than hell Saturday and Sunday. Um, you and I haven't – see, I think you've won since I've won, but brand-new course and all this sort of thing, there's really no 
right or wrong answers on this. Who are you going to take as your as your winner and, and your dark horse? I'll tell you what. I'm going to take the four cars, the dark horse. That's for certain. Excellent. Yeah. Um, given. Uh, you, 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 I think you have. I think you have to there. Yeah. Um, and wow. I mean, I might have to go. I might have to go with uh, Martin Truex as the winner there. I, I mean, I, I think I think he's you know he's a good bet on a road course. Great pick. He wanted Simone. His uh, <coughs> sorry, Rob. Uh, I literally just swallowed a lightning bug. I'm standing outside. Damn it. I'm standing out front, and uh, I, I, I had to spit out a lightning. But as I spit, I saw the uh, I saw the green fluorescence come up. Um, but Martin Truex Jr. His win at Sonoma several years ago is what really capped uh, started his his championship run. The guy definitely knows how to get around a, a road course. Um, I, and and kind of like in the same vein as you, I, Chase Elliott is sitting here as a dark horse. I have to take – once Kevin Harvick's off the board, I have to take um, uh, Chase Elliott um, as, my, as my dark horse. For my winner, man, I, I wanted Martin Truex Jr. Um, I really, really, really like Denny Hamlin in this situation. Um, I think he's – He's probably – Denny Hamlin's a, a, a veteran. He's a cagey veteran. He's, he, he's usually up front at these sorts of things. Uh, Toyota has a – in my opinion, uh, Toyota's struggled a, a, a little bit these last couple races. But here I think it, it really it goes into the hand, not necessarily as a machine, but who's behind the wheel. And I'm going to go ahead and take – I'm going to go ahead and take the 11, although I think – I think YRB is going to be going to be good here. I just don't know that he had. I, I, I'm going to take somebody older. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Um, you nice. got Martin Truex Jr. and 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 Kevin Harvick. I, we're still talking about Kevin Harvick's terrible season, sitting there top five in points and <laughs> running top eight every week. But I, it's, uh, he's going to break out sometime soon. And what a better place to do it than the track, a brand new track where he's never been. This would this would be the most Kevin Harvick thing in the world. Um, to come in and win here. I'm going to take the 11 and the 9. Rob, be safe uh, down there in Austin, Texas. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm, um, I'm kind of hoping for a few laps under under rain. <laughs> that, wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't bother this fan a uh, bunch. I know it would be a pain in the ass to sit in the rain and have to <laughs> figure out tire pressure and, and laps and all that bullshit, but it wouldn't bother me a bit. But be safe when you're down there. Try to get you some brisket. Um, folks, yeah, for sure. Folks, you listening. Um, for Jimmy Wags, who is on uh, closing detail, for Billy Bradley, who's pulling his hair out right now, for Rob Blokes, this is Dado. Let's have a good race in Texas, brother. What do you say? Sounds good, brother. Appreciate it. See you soon.